that's what we say three to six seconds we want like something you know we want that thumb stopping content so if you've got an intro that's 35 seconds long that's not going to work very well for a facebook ad for Monday, January 6th, 2020, this is episode 60, Does Digital Kill Advertising Creativity? with Claire Winslow, CEO of Best Practice Media. Claire and I discussed the complaints that some traditional marketers voice about digital, especially social media marketing. Are these complaints warranted or simply rejecting a natural evolution of our craft onto platforms that favor short form? Claire explains her definition of creativity and just how much of it is actually required in creating and effectively distributing what some may call throwaway digital marketing assets. Plus, in the second half, we talk about the trend of encouraging women founders with cutesy nicknames like Lady Boss and CEO. On that note, we concluded by discussing the pros and cons of having dedicated panels or professional awards just for women, when doing so can seem like tokenization. Are you going to be at Project Voice January 13th through 16th in Chattanooga? Do you have an Alexa skill or flash briefing? Then grab your ticket now to attend a special event Tuesday, January 14th called Skill Setters Flash Networking. I am co-hosting with Amy Summers and Daniel Hill, two of my fellow Flash Briefing of the Year Award finalists. Have you heard of speed dating? This is the Alexa twist. Come speed pitch your skill or flash briefing. Join the skill setters along with our friends from top sonic branding firm AudioBrain, the ones who did the Beatle moment sonic branding you hear on this show, and more great voice first partners. Come network with 50 award winning Alexa skill creators. Grab your ticket to skill setters at Project Voice before we sell out. Spaces are limited. Visit bit.ly slash flash meet or tweet us at Beatle Moment for an invite. That's bit.ly slash flash meet. Welcome to the Beatle Moment Marketing Podcast, an exploration of marketing and business with a focus on emerging technology and voice. I'm your host, Emily Binder, and I make this for you. It's time to crawl in. Welcome back to the show. I am here with a very special guest, Claire Winslow, CEO of Best Practice Media, a digital marketing agency based in Austin, Texas. So welcome to the show, Claire. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you about the death of advertising and branding, which, you know, there's always the marketing death watch and uh, find out a little more about whether that's actually happening and digital is a problem or if that's kind of a a misperception. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about the kind of marketing that you specialize in. Um, So we're a digital marketing agency, pretty straightforward. We, um, our bread and butter is definitely Facebook ads. Uh, we lead with that. And then from there, obviously, Facebook owns Instagram. So we do a lot with them. We do LinkedIn, YouTube, and we also do search uh, Google ads as well. Gotcha. Well, there was an article that came out in Forbes, and you and I were talking about this recently. The title of the article is Advertising as We Know It is Dead. Mm-hmm. And this article says that the focus on short-term disposable viewership is an unfortunate byproduct of the digital age. Sustainable advertising campaigns designed to create and reinforce brand loyalty will be a thing of the past. So the person who wrote this article was CMO at a very large Fortune (laughs) 500 company. And uh, I thought this was interesting because he's basically saying that we have 
we have a lot of bits and bites and kind of quick hit, one hit, tactical ads running. And it's mm-hmm. not strategic and long-term and campaign-based. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? So he talks a little bit about um, how essentially we're lazy as marketers. Um, he goes into some examples where he says like the power of change, the power of something, and how like all of these brands at once are just kind of using the power of something. Um, and that marketing has gotten very lazy. So this article was written um, by a guy. He's a little bit older. Um, and I do, I find a trend um, that's pretty common where um, people like, Older generation marketers, traditional marketers, um, are really quick to dog the the era of digital marketing. Um, I think just because uh, for them, you know, this was a craft that they built over a long period of time, um, and they're really, really focused on the message. So, you know, traditional branding is, you know, they like Mad Men style. You'd spend like hours and hours, or spend the night, you know, with your team, and you're coming up with creative ideas. And then once you have your message, that's kind of where marketing stops. Um, and what I feel like with digital marketing is it's almost the other way around. So yes, you know, I'd agree with you that there's less creativity in the message itself. Um, the message itself isn't 100% of the pie anymore. Um, where I find that there's a whole lot of creativity happening right now within, you know, internally in digital marketing is around the, the way in which that message is delivered. So, you know, what our team is really good at creatively and where we sort of get our creative juices flowing is, you know, how do we build a funnel? Like, how are we looking to reach these people in new and exciting ways that they might not be expecting to see or hear that message? Um, you know, one of the really fun things that we like to, to do sort of Mad Men style is try to figure out how to get hyper-targeted with who we're, um, you know, delivering our client's message to and how we're, we're getting to them, you know, how we're segmenting, how we're expanding an audience, how we're narrowing it. Um, that's, you know, a little bit more technical um, in the eyes of, of marketing, but it's really fun. Um, you know, like, how are we retargeting people? Um, you know, the creepy side of marketing, like, how, how are we finding them, honestly, when they're not expecting it? And so the creativity is there. We're certainly not lazy. We might be a little lazier in the messaging, um, but we're definitely not lazy on, you know, the side of, of how we deliver that message. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been doing all, all kinds of marketing for quite some, it hasn't been that long, but it's over a decade. It feels like a while. And I've seen things change and evolve as have you, mm-hmm. you know, just in the past 10 years, the way that we were marketing using Facebook has changed and evolved. I, I don't know that we're lazy. I think that a lot of the time you might find somebody who's younger that they're, they're in marketing and they tend to be very technical or tactically skilled, but perhaps they do lack that vision, the creativity, the arc, the narrative, the the way of what is the North Star of this brand? How does everything that we put out there fit into that? Does it support it? Or is this just something that's going to work for a quick campaign? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, you know, on the flip side of this, I do think that brands in a way have to be much more creative because of how much, you know, our attention spans are slow. We're seeing ads all over the place, not just, you know, billboards and TV and radio, but obviously in our Facebook feeds, our Instagram stories, um, voice marketing, obviously, uh, lots of different ways that we're sort of hearing and perceiving these messages. So mm-hmm. it does require um, for creativity there, but but also like just to limit the word creativity is just 
funny in itself because I think when we're thinking of creativity, we're thinking of a traditional creativity, um, which is like coming up with the ideas. And creativity to me is more than the ideas. Um, it's also, you know, around the technical skill and the strategizing. Um, and so, you know, I think millennials and, and Gen Z are still creative. They just might be creative in different ways uh, than we're used to. Right. That reminds me of something that I've, I actually struggled with when it comes to texting and language and the way we communicate digitally, even thinking about emojis, like the whole language of how you reach somebody has changed. And if you look at old English and how we speak now, somebody might think this is a bastardization of the proper true English, but this is what happens. Things evolve. It's literally like since the dawn of man, the thing that we do, old people, dog, young people, <laughs> like, um, you know, everyone is like, there's a proper way to do it. And then these kids come along and they're like messing with what's good. And I think that's what's happening in this article. Like that's what's, you know, yeah. and I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, people dogged me as a millennial and now I'm dogging Gen Z and like they'll dog whoever comes after them. It's just like how we work. But I think um, you know, keeping an open mind and being able to like adapt and learn from people that are doing things differently than you um, is, is a better way to go. It seems like creativity wise, it demands in some ways more creativity yeah. because those attention spans have shrunk and you need to get the message across very quickly, sometimes in six seconds or yeah. less. They rely on us. So one of the coolest things that we've been able to do is um, work with this creative agency that actually came up with the slogans for Bucky's. And I don't know if your viewers or, or listeners are um, familiar with Bucky's, but Bucky's is like this, I don't even know what to call it. It's it's basically a, like an amusement park gas station, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, Texans are obsessed with Bucky's. It's always like halfway in between two really big cities and people stop halfway um, and like make a whole to do out of it. And they get ice cream and they use the nice bathrooms and they run around and sort of like have this, um, you know, half uh, vacation style thing along the way. And so anyway, the, the creative team that came up with all of these really fun slogans that were around billboards all over Texas, um, his name is Lou Congelio. And one of my clients reached out to him to come up with some slogans uh, for their bank. And so um, originally he wrote all these like amazing, funny, really cute one-liners for those billboards. And we were kind of just going to all sit down and select the ones that we thought were the best um, and then use those and put them on social too. Put them on billboards, put them on social. But we kind of tag teamed and, and brainstormed around this idea of, you know, we've got these advertising dollars on digital already. Why don't we take these 15 slogans that he came up with that we think are pretty awesome and why don't we put them into Facebook and run a clean A-B test um, to, you know, a same, the similar audience that would be seeing these in billboards um, and, and let sort of Facebook do its thing. Let Facebook optimize for, you know, what's getting early engagement, what's getting good engagement. Um, and then basically let the people tell us and let the Facebook algorithm tell us like which ones do really bad, really well. And so instead of taking these slogans that existed in traditional media and putting them into social media, we're actually going to utilize social media to inform what we should put in traditional media because traditional media is so much more, as you know, expensive to produce. So why not use a really inexpensive platform like Facebook to get some really good early data and then use that to inform the traditional media. So it's been really awesome to work 
with him because he's been really, really open to sort of how we do things and vice versa. And I think there is a place for both of us. And I think it works the best if we collaborate together. So that's been a really fun thing to work on. That's, (laughs) I've never been to a Bucky's. I don't know. Somehow I just haven't yet, but it, it almost reminds me of like National Lampoon's kind of on the road. Like they're the biggest things you've ever, I mean, they are, I I, I don't even know how many square feet, like probably like a hundred, I don't know, but they're, they're huge places. Um, and they're all over and they have a really big cult following. So part of that is their sense of humor on these Mm. billboards that Lou came up with. And so it's really fun to be able to work with him on this project for our client too. So what would an example of one of these slogans be on the billboard? Oh, something like, um, you know, like, let's say the nearest Bucky's is like halfway in between, you know, Dallas and Houston, which are, I think like four, four and a half hours apart. So it'll say something like, um, you know, instead of, you know, most billboards will say like two miles until your nearest, mm-hmm. um, Rest. gas station. Yeah. This one will say something like 200 miles until your nearest Bucky's. And it's true, you know, and, and it's, it'll say something like it's worth it. And so, you know, these, these sort of quick, easy to digest fast, you know, while you're driving by billboards that are memorable, um, we're able to do that for our client too, but we're able to gather some data before we go big in print. That makes sense. Yeah. So on the topic of great branding Uh and kind of strategic long-term thinking with campaigns and clients, you're saying that your agency is, is digital. Mm-hmm. And that you work with traditional agencies or whatever you want to call them. Like these, these terms are silly, frankly, uh, digital, traditional, like right. it's all marketing, everything we're doing. And that's with voice. I even try to call it emerging technology mm-hmm. because that term may be hackneyed or cliche in a year or two. Mm-hmm. Who knows what we'll be calling it at that point. Um, I think, you know, like zoom out and we're all on the same team. Well, there was a study done a little while ago where like, People who, people our age and older who, uh, you know, were around for the analog, we're really obsessed with like the platform that people are getting or receiving messages on. Like for us, that's what we lead with. We're like, oh, are you on your iPad? Are you on your phone? Are you on your laptop? Are you looking at a TV screen? If you talk to a kid, like they don't, they're not really even aware of the differences between platforms. Um, even things like voice or radio or whatever, like they don't, that that's not anything they lead with or even think about. So for them, it's a screen. It's a screen. It's like a little screen or a big screen or whatever. But like, why are we so obsessed with like, oh, this is mobile first right. or, you know, this is in your Facebook feed instead of your Instagram story. Like they don't care. They're not even thinking about that. They're just like receiving a message. Oh, that's a great point. I know that. Because, I, I mean, you can relate. When we were making websites 10 years ago, it was, okay, well, is it responsive? Or right. do we have a desktop version and a mobile version? Right. Or is this, like, is this your Facebook ad and the dimensions are different? Because right. everything has its own weird size. And you still have to account for that. But going forward, and maybe this is the challenge for, for marketers and for advertisers, nobody cares. Just get it right. Like, it has to look good. It has to appear where I am when I need it. Yeah. And I mean, if you just think about big brands today and you think like, let's say Coca-Cola, like when did you first hear about Coca-Cola and how? Like, you don't know. Nobody knows. You know, you just think of these big brands and they're sort of like omnipresent. You're like, I I mean, I just sort of knew about it because you just saw it plastered everywhere. You were hearing about it, like word of mouth marketing. You were experiencing it. Like 
all of these different types of marketing, I'm not sure that it matters to differentiate them um, because ideally you're doing all of them. Yeah. yeah, it becomes just kind of splitting hairs. So I think what you said about being omnipresent, I think about ubiquity mm-hmm. with, with, I, like with voice search, for example, it doesn't matter what device you're using your voice to search on. The results are going to come up and a lot of clients, they want to be found there. It's just the next phase of SEO, frankly. Right. Why do we... And for us, it's novel, but you ask a yeah. kid, like, it's just part of growing up. They want something, so they'll either type it or yell it. Yeah. Like, they, they're not really focused on the method in which they're finding information. They'll look at a television and try to touch the screen and swipe around, and it won't work, oh, yeah. and they'll say, oh, it's broken. <laughs> like a toddler. I saw this happen. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that you and I were talking about, which I think is relevant to this in ways... With kind of the presentation of people that are doing work like you're doing or I'm doing, and and you said that you saw was it an article about this? Oh yeah, the CEO thing. Yeah, this is a pivot a little bit, but it's something that's really fun, I think, for us to talk about, especially given who you tend to interview for this show. But um, it was recently in Inc. Magazine. It was written by Lee Buchanan, the editor at large um, of the magazine, and she wrote. The title is Female Founders Are Changing the World. Please stop calling them mompreneurs and CEOs. Um, And that really resonates with me because I'm so over this like girl boss, lady boss, boss babe stuff. Like, I mean, I definitely, you know, feminism plays a big role in, in my life and who I am. And I love being a woman. But at the same time, these like, which as she calls them, cutesy nicknames are just um, pretty demeaning. And what's interesting is that they've been perpetuated, I think, by um, us and, and not on purpose. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a member of a few different organizations here in Austin that have these names, you yeah. know, and, I think <laughs> I know. I, I, and they're, they're not, you know, they're not trying to be, but I think they sort of started out um, where that was sort of an obvious something that you would talk about and put in your name. Um, and, and now, you know, times are changing a little bit and and it's, it's, um, it's maybe not as necessary. Um, it, it does seem, it seems a little outdated at this point. It's kind of, to me, frankly, it's tokenization. Yeah. There's two, there's two sides, right? So yes, obviously women need to be recognized, promoted, given opportunities to be leaders because it's not happening unless we bring it up. Right. It's not happening naturally. For yeah. whatever, many reasons. But then on the other hand, when you have kind of special categories, right. when it's for awards or panels, right. things like that, then I'm, okay, so here's an example. I I was mentioned in an article about the, the favorite voice podcast. When we say voice podcast, we're talking voice technology, things to do with Alexa, Google, voice assistance, voice search. And this is what I talk about at least half the time on this show if we're not talking about other kinds of marketing. So I had honorable mention after the top 10, which were all hosted by white men. And if indeed that's all that's out there, great. I Like some of them are friends of mine, good shows on the list. And I, I actually emailed the woman who wrote the article, and this was from a company that's considered one of the major voice assistants. And it was a roundup of their internal employees' favorite voice podcasts. Okay, fine, but that wasn't made clear in the article. I said, hey there. Uh, just letting you know, my show actually is primarily about voice or touches on it and is considered one of the voice podcasts in this world. 
And then she said, well, I don't, I'm not going to rewrite the blog post at this point, but we'd be happy to feature you in the women in voice podcasting article in six months. Right. And I didn't respond. Oh, because cause you're a woman in voice. Not I mean, just I, a person in voice. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm not a woman in voice. I'm a person in, I'm in marketing. I'm doing whatever, but it's like, it's like saying, oh, do you want to win an award for black people? Or do you want to win an award for short people? No, I just want to win an award because I'm doing a good job. Yeah. 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 And I think this is, this is a a sticky line because I, I understand and recognize the importance of coming up with awards for specific categories. Um, There's absolutely a purpose for that around like the, the cutesy names that I think were the ones guilty of perpetuating, um, you know, it's just, it's something that I just wish would die. I don't, I don't want to be a, a lady boss anymore. <laughs> I know. I don't either. And it's hard because somebody might like, somebody might comment on a video I put out and say like, hashtag lady boss or like, you go girl boss babe or something like that. And I want to say thank you. And I get where they're coming from uh-huh. and they totally mean it in a sweet, supportive way. Um, so maybe we'll evolve out of that, but yeah, like the CEO and the mompreneur, mommy blogger, come on, right? That's, that's gotta go at this point. You're like a tech blogger, but they call you mommy blogger because yeah. you happen to have children. Right. It's like, do you ever say daddy blogger? Right. Actually, that is a thing now that dad okay, bloggers, okay. but. Well, I'm um, sure that all daddy bloggers are actually talking about being dads and they just don't happen to have children. Right. Right. That, exactly. Um, well, you know. I wanted to also promote the event that you put on yeah. social media week Yeah. because not, not to promote it because you do it, but because I participated and had such a great experience. That's awesome. where I actually met you Yeah. and, and you best practice media, you guys host that event. We do. Um, so we host social media week, Austin, every February. Um, we're going into our fourth year this year. We're going to be at the Austin public library downtown. Um, and we also are, about to announce that we also are producing our first ever Social Media Week Denver in September. So um, Social Media Week Austin is going so well that we've decided to expand and we're excited to be in Denver this fall. Wow. Well, congrats. That's Thank you. that's great. Yeah. You are a total powerhouse, though, because you're doing 18 things at once all the time and you're somehow doing all of them, it seems like, pretty well. <laughs> well, thanks. I think my um, method has always been to just, like, commit to the thing and then figure out how to do it after that. So I think that's where that comes from. It's just like, sure, I'll do the thing. And then like, Oh shoot. Now I have four months to figure out how to produce a conference. So that, that, that doesn't always work out, but it's a, it's a good way to, to light a fire. So it's been okay. Well, if you listeners will be in Austin in February, definitely. What, what, what's the date? February 26th to 28th, 2020. Okay, Social Media Week Austin, fantastic event. You can come and you can meet Claire, and I'll be there too. Um, And Claire, let people know where they can follow you, connect with you. Yeah, so our agency is Best Practice Media. Um, You can connect with me on LinkedIn, which is Claire Winslow, and then Social Media Week Austin. I think our website is smwatx.com. That's it. Mm -hmm. All right, great. Thank you so much, Claire. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll also like my short daily flash briefing available on Alexa and all the major podcast apps. It's under three minutes a day on marketing, tech, and business. Get it at emilybender.com slash briefing. To find out how to advertise on the show or to consult with me, visit beetlemoment.com. 